Hello and welcome to the Football Fives. The banter is back. Isolation cannot stop us. Uh, we've got a one of our five-a-side teams tonight and it is a good one. It is a combined AC and Inter Milan five-a-side team. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of players to pick from and a lot of ground to cover. Joining me, quite literally this time, because we're on Zoom and I can see you all, uh, just down below from me is Ryan Keeney. Ryan! Do you know what your name actually means? No. Uh, well, Ryan actually comes from a surname. First sign you're being awkward. <laughs> and it means Little King. Yeah, nice. Ah. That's lovely. And I find you kin and I in often. So, <laughs> uh, Christopher, joining me to my virtual left, Christopher Knee. Chris, do you know what Chris means? I have no idea, Dave. Christopher means to carry Christ. Yeah, too right. Yes, you love the baby Jesus, don't you? Uh, he was easier to carry when he was a baby. And joining me to my virtual right is my podcast husband, it seems, uh, Stephen Chicken. Stephen, do you know what Stephen means? Yeah, it's crown or wreath in Greek. Incorrect. It means goes well with a stupid surname. <laughs> I am going to set a couple of rules, one of which is time, because obviously we've got... A- quite a few players to go through here so if you start waffling I will call it and because I can see you all on your video I will basically hold up a a sheet of paper with a nasty word on it Uh, so goalkeepers Ryan hit me with your goalkeeper Uh, I've gone for the first ever goalkeeper to be sent off in the World Cup Gianluca Pagliuca yeah it's good Uh, just um, my favourite goalkeeper um, I think that ever played for Inter um, nicknamed the Wall, which you know is decent. Um, when you look, kind of, I think the the big thing is you look at the players that he competed with in international level. I know we're t- we're talking about Milan teams, but um, around the nineteen ninety World Cup, um, he overtook uh, Zanga, um, Tacconi, and it was own. And I think Peruzzi was his backup or kind of perceived rival or or everything yeah. on the, along those lines. So internationally decent. Um, at Inter. Just pretty consistent. Um, played, I think, all the games that he, he could in the league for them. Um, obviously got sent off in the World Cup, which uh, is less than ideal and is probably mostly what he's remembered for. Um, but yeah, just Pagliuca was just is, is the keeper that I, I associate with Inter. Yeah, it's it's also... he's. I know there's people like Buffon, etc., but he's always one of the first names I go to if somebody says... Serie A keeper. He, yeah. he will and always be one of the very first images in my mind. Yeah, I, I I find it jarring now looking back, but during the 94 World Cup, he was obviously sent off 
in the round of last 16, I think, um, so, or possibly the, the final group game. Missed two, missed the quarterfinal and semifinal, came back in for the final. Um, he was the number one. Um, Chris, hit me with your goalkeeper. Uh, I have gone for the aforementioned Walter Zenger. Uh, when it comes to picking these teams, I always go for the larger-than-life goalkeepers who had a kind of aura um, when I was growing up, who, as a striker, I felt I was never, ever going to score against. Um, and when he was in goal for, for Inter, it, it, he just had a, a quite amazing career there over about 16 years. Uh, played hundreds of games for them, very few for Italy, but, you know, by the standards that he probably should have done. It was actually a very small window that he played for them in. Um, and I think he became kind of the, the sort of early 90s embodiment of the English commentator's assumption that continental goalkeepers couldn't catch crosses. Uh, and the cruelest thing being that Walter Zenger couldn't catch crosses. <laughs> it was mostly true in his case. Um, he did very well when he when he did play for Italy, and I think he went to tournaments and he, he was, you know getting four and five clean sheets here and there. Um, I believe he um, committed a, a, an atrocious error, which which cost them a tournament as well. Um, but I've mostly picked him because uh, Dan will uh, recognise him as the other goalkeeper in the story um, in the Miracle of Castel de Sangro, yeah. who ended up going to the New England Revolution. Um, so, yeah, I've picked him basically based on at that time, he was a terrifying goalkeeper, and I love terrifying goalkeepers. He's also gone from having the best goalkeeper hair ever to being the boldest man who ever lived. Chris, just before we go on to Steve, in this time of isolation, just explain how good a book The Miracle of Castel I can't even say it, is. I would say anybody who is uh, looking for a book to read about football that is a little bit different would do well to do it at this time because it's a very strange sort of um, first-person narrative take on a, a, a very curious season that feels a little bit like you, you, you're going to fall out of love with a narrator very quickly. Um, but in the end, you get towards the last sort of 100 pages, the story really takes over and the way that season turned out um, makes it a bit of a thrilling ride, really, and it's just a very unusually told story. So totally it's, it's worth a bit, it for football it's fans. A bit of an outsider story. The team themselves are outsiders. The narrator is an outsider, and by the end of it, everything sort of gets swept along. Excellent book. Read it, Stephen. Give me your goalkeeper. Uh, I've got Buffon. Yeah, not that one though. <laughs> not that one. Uh, so he played for yeah Lorenzo Buffon played for both Milan and Inter, which seems a bit unusual. But four of the five players on my list have, have done that. So uh, three hundred games for Milan uh, and seventy for Inter later on. He had the nickname Pincers, which I think makes him sound like one of the robots from Futurama, from the Robot Mafia. Uh, but he's described as efficient and unhistrionic, which I, I like in a goalkeeper. It's also how I live my life. Yeah, exactly. Um, it sounds like he was much more of a shot stopper. It doesn't sound like he was a an all-round dominant penalty box force, but he is in the, the Milan Hall of Fame. He had five league titles, four of them with Milan, one with Inter. Uh, and he, he is related to uh, Gianluigi Buffon. He's his granddad's cousin, apparently. Good. So, yeah. 
Fair enough. Uh, in goal, I've gone for Jurgen Klinsmann because I don't want to talk about goalkeepers because goalkeepers are scum. Uh, also, Klinsmann, good at diving. Right, uh, moving on. So the choice is between Klinsmann, Buffon, Zenga or Pagluka. I'm going Zenga, lads. Has anybody yeah. got any massive objections to that? Yes. Paliuka's a Villa fan. I was about to say, yeah, I've just seen a picture of him with a Villa tattoo, which I'm not sure if that... I assume that's not real, but perhaps I think it is. it is real. Is it real? Wow. I think so. That's extreme. I just... I think Zenga was the better keeper. Even... The, I think... I think Paliuka was more iconic, but I think Zenga was the better keeper. And what do we want here, boys? Uh, we don't want to be wasting time on a goalkeeper. Zenga it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Zenga. Right, really. started, Venger started, Venger, Zenga started playing for Inter <laughs> in 1978. Yeah, that's that's mad, isn't it, really? Uh, right, defenders. Let's talk about proper players. Um, I'm going to go first on this one because I'm I'm going to get this out of the way. Uh, Franco Baresi, lads, who was... The, the thing about Franco Baresi is... There's an awful lot of cliches talked about Baresi and Maldini, you know, clean shorts defenders and all that, but it's very easy to forget the reason those cliches get used is because they basically they started them. That Milan defence at one point was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, unrivaled in world football and Baresi was sort of one of the ultimate lead by example footballers. Um the way he covered the ground was just... I mean, for a start, he's l- always looked... Since he was about 17, I don't know if you've ever seen a footballer, a picture of him as a young footballer. When he was 17, he looked about 55. <laughs> and now he is like in his 50s. He looks more like he's in his 30s. He's Benjamin Button in his life, which I have an enormous amount of respect for. But the way he played, he just... He, he got better with age. He was like a fine wine. And... Like, you know, when we talk about Teddy Sheringham and we say, oh, you know, the first 10 yards are in his head and all that. With Baresi, genuinely, he outguessed strikers time and time again. It just just that two steps to the side or a little step backwards and suddenly that space is completely gone. And just so many strikes. If you read any sort of uh, autobiographies of the time, they always say Baresi was just an absolute nightmare to play against. Not because he was an animal or kicking them up in the air, but just because you just couldn't shake him off. And I think Baresi is is genuinely one of the sort of cornerstones of Italian football. And bizarrely, he might not get in this five-a-side team because we have a couple of picks on my team, which I think are going to more than likely have to go in, or we're at least going to have to debate and as host, I don't want to put all of my players in. <laughs> but Baresi is is just... I mean, he's iconic for a reason. Some players really are as good as their reputation, aren't they? Uh, Stephen, let's go with you next. Yeah, a teammate and successor of Baresi. The other sort of cornerstone of Italian defending. Uh, and when I was growing up, Paolo Maldini was the defender. There was, you know, there was Maldini and then there was everyone else. Because Baresi had sort of retired by the time I was really getting into football. But just, I mean, he's, well, he's Milan's longest-serving ever player. Nine Over 900 appearances uh, in all competitions for them, which is nuts. He was He's still the youngest player ever to play a league game for Milan. He was captain for 12 years. 
is the oldest goal scorer ever in a Champions League final. But I mean, these are just rattling off facts, but that doesn't sort of capture what a, a brilliant player he was, both at left back and at centre back. Uh, plus, my mum really fancied him, um, which is always a bonus point in our house. Um, but no, as you say, that it's the clean shorts defender thing. I mean, he always famously said that if he has to make a tackle, it's because he's he's made a mistake further, you know, somewhere down the line. But he could make tackles. He did make tackles. The video proof is there that he made very, very good tackles. But he was cultured on the ball as well. Um, so, as I say, it's 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 really hard to to sort of overstate how much he was the defender throughout sort of the late mid to late nineties and into the two thousands. Uh, and, and probably um, between Maldini and Baresi. Uh, there is a little shy of seventeen hundred Milan games, yeah, which is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I yeah, genuinely, I looked, years, that, I looked that up earlier, and genuinely, I couldn't get my head around that. Like two players who overlapped for a considerable amount of that time, putting in. I mean, in these, in the sort of transfer merry-go-round and everything, for two players like that, that's just crazy, Chris. Hit me. You two have picked two of my favourite footballers of all time. Um, so I'm taking one for the team and acknowledging that clearly with these two clubs, we're going to miss a load of players here, not even mention them. Um, and a great many of those players are going to be from golden ages that were before we were born. Um, so we need to tick off some of the most important ones. So I, my, my pick here of player I never saw play um, is, is the Inter player Jacinto Fichetti, who um, was a one-club man for almost 20 years played more than 600 um, times for them and was just a key defensive member of the you know Catanaccio and the Grande Inter and all of the the really important historical landmarks of that Inter side under Herrera so um, I think not including a legendary club and country captain who nearly played 100 times for Italy won the European Championships as captain and was one of Pele's 125 greatest living footballers, <laughs> would be remiss. Um, so just to acknowledge the fact, Facchetti is here, he is in the list. He doesn't get anywhere close to Maldini in my affections. No, uh, Brian Glanville, no less, once said that Facchetti was better than Bobby Moore. There you go. Ryan? Uh, I don't really like Milan. I, I'm very much an Inter fan. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to draw attention to uh, the better... Barisi brother, because um, obviously uh, two Barisi brothers tried out for Inter. One was rejected, some guy called Franco. The other was signed up, uh, Giuseppe, who was a lovely footballer. Uh, went on to captain Inter, played over 550 times for them, won a couple of Serie A titles. Um, interestingly, Giuseppe's two Serie A titles came the seasons after Franco's first two. Um, and then mm. obviously Franco went on to do other things. But yeah, I, li- I like the story of Giuseppe because he uh, he broke through before Franco um, and was kind of, he was the first Baresi. So when Franco had, I think, initially started playing for Milan, um, he was Baresi too. And then uh, steadily over time, uh, Giuseppe became known as the other Baresi and Franco went on to be the, the player that he was. But yeah, mm. just nice. A bit like the Ferdinands, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I... I think here we need to acknowledge that although we've all given a player, this really is a race between two, isn't it? Are we all happy with that saying, look, it's Baresi or Maldini? 
Yeah, absolutely. Giuseppe. The thing yeah. I can't, even though, <laughs> yeah, even though it's uh, my, if only someone had done Cesare Maldini with the. <laughs> <laughs> even though it's my pick, the thing I can't get out of my mind is: Do you know the story about Maldini's last game and what the Milan ultras were chanting at him? Chris, what did they chant at him? Uh, it was I can't remember the exact wording of it, but it was a very clear statement that uh, he was, was not, in fact, their captain. Yeah. You'll never be Beresi. <laughs> that was the exact chant. You'll never be Beresi. So it's my pick, but I, I think he has to go in, boys. I, I don't know how you can turn down Franco Beresi. Have we got any objections to that? Yeah, it's a coin flip, isn't it? I think... Whoever you pick, you're going to be upsetting a lot of people, aren't you? So, yeah, I would go with Brazy. I think at some point we'll do an, an Italian fives. Have we done one? Yeah. <laughs> I can't do remember if we one. have or we haven't. We'll do another one. Yeah. I would hope that we go Brazy here and we'll go Maldini in the Italian one. That's what I, that's what I'm trusting us to do. So uh, either past us <laughs> or future us. Better. Please have done that. Right, second defender. Uh, I'm going to go with the little king, Ryan. Hello. Um, with 1,114 official games played, uh, he is uh, seventh on the list of all players in history, with most career appearances, apparently. Um, he is the foreign player with the most appearances in Serie A um, and is fourth most behind uh, Mr Maldini, Gianluigi Buffon and Francesco Totti. Um, I am, of course, talking about Javier Zanetti who slots nicely into a five-a-side team, if anything, can be a defender, can play that role, can push forward, can start making things. Uh, I just adored him. Uh, looked uh, how he showed up and, and how he looked when he was 17 and or um, in his first kind of sticker photo. Um, and then obviously in his final season with Inter, uh, when you see the kind of the memes doing the rounds in 2013-14, um, yeah, he's, it's got to be Zanetti. He's got to be uh, in this team. Just synonymous with Inter, played through so many great sides, won so many trophies, was captain from 2001, was club captain for 13 seasons before he left. Um, five Serie A titles, four Coppa Tires, that Champions League with uh, Mourinho's team, um, where he was playing at the base of the midfield, um, having kind of broken through as a, a fullback. Just, uh, yeah, just, just such a solid, dependable, consistent player, but that kind of plays it down a little bit like consistently 8 out of 10 I think like always gave you a really good performance I, I'm i going to I say this as somebody who has got a defender they're nominating themselves the three of us are going to have to do pretty well to get ahead of Zanetti if I'm brutally honest favourite Zanetti fact he's the only man who looks more like a Lego figure than Daniel Story <laughs> Christopher Nee <laughs> I'm I'm going rogue on positions here because I'm not having two defenders in my five-a-side team. No way. Um, so Good. I could, if you would like, I will substitute in Cesare Maldini just purely but for the fact that he managed to so thoroughly rile Glenn Hoddle. Um, but I have picked uh, Rude Hullet, or as my former boss used to refer to him, Rudy Killett. Um, Great I, shout. <laughs> For me, we're getting into the good stuff here because I I don't want to say that I lean more red than blue in Milan, Boom. but I lean more red than blue in Milan. Um, and the first time I ever saw them, well, it was in the team. Um, and 
what we're talking about is a Ballon d'Or winning midfielder who was in the Milan side just when I needed him to be there. At the early 90s, Italian football for me is just where everything stuck. It's where my love of football really comes from. Um, so from his time at Milan and then Samp and then into Chelsea, he was just present. He was just there. He was, you know, current greatness right there on the screen. Um, we all know what he was like as a player. He was classy, um, you know, the, the slick, elegant, modern midfield player who I'm glad I'm old enough to remember just how un-English he felt, how exotic he felt when he came here because he was a genuine sort of world superstar. Um, so, yeah, Ballon d'Or winner, record fee for Milan. Um, obviously did very well at international level as well, but just one of those people who was... You know, almost difficult to get a, a human level grip on. He was so sort of brilliant and abstract, just as I was getting into the game. Yeah, decent, good shout, good shout. I I loved Hullet. I loved everything about him. When he when he came to Chelsea, I was so excited. And even though his legs had gone, he was still so good. <laughs> he was still absolutely brilliant. Yeah, we had a lot of injury problems at Milan. Hmm. I think the thing, if you if you think of Dutch, if you think of Dutch club shirts that he wore, I can't picture him in any of no. those. No, you're right. I just see red and black yeah. stripes. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Yeah, uh, chicken. Hi there. I've also got a Dutch midfielder uh, because that's what I think to your positions. That's for the video, not for the audio. Um, Clarence <laughs> Seidorf, another player who played for both teams, uh, started at Inter. Uh, he joined them in 1999 for €24 million, Euros, which was a hell of a lot of money in those days. But he was only there for three years. Uh, and then he joined Milan in a swap deal with Francesco Coco. Uh, sorry, Francesco Coco, which I think might be one of the worst transfer deals imaginable in the history of the game. Uh, Coco would play 22 times for, for Inter. Seydorf played 431 times for Milan over 10 years. He was just a supreme midfielder. He was everything, every trait you could possibly want from a midfielder in terms of strength, speed, ability to read the game, you know, the long-range shot that he had, his defensive capabilities. He was just all-round a brilliant player. Uh, he was the best midf- named the best midfielder in the Champions League when they won it in 2007. No foreigner has ever made more appearances for, for AC Milan. And I think all of us love Clarence Seydorf, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Lovely man as well. Yeah. Have you met him, Chris? I've met him. <laughs> <laughs> one of my Clarence Seydorf did one of my favourite things in football, which is when everybody you'll remember this, Chris. Do you remember when everybody was whining about the Jubiliani? And saying how awful it was. So he was on yeah, BBC News. It. He was on BBC News, and somebody asked him to try him try it out, just see how it was. And he just kept poising free kicks top corner <laughs> top every time. <laughs> um, I I've gone. The thing is, in when we do these five side teams, I'm very much an advocate of only having one defender in there. But because this is an Italian uh, team, and because this is one of the ultimate Italian fives, I have gone for another defender, and I've. He doesn't get in this side against the the three you two have put up, but I love Christian Kivu. Um, he was one of the 
sort of. He should have done his chin strap up though, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is it. it P- Peter Check's uh, forerunner. Um, but it was just like a really sort of unfussy, really solid Italian Gary Neville type footballer <laughs> who was just, you know, like. And I just, I just really appreciate the fact that just for a little period he was just a constant and again he doesn't he's not of the quality of the other people that you've talked about in this list so he doesn't get anywhere near you know I'm discounting from the off but just I just really enjoyed watching him play football and sometimes it's not even like for other people who are far cooler than me they would say oh I've got you know I've played football manager for 800 hours and what have you and he was one of my superstar players yes i can see you waving ryan nerd it's not that for me he just he was just a little bit of a constant in my life for about two or three years when i just seemed to watch a lot of watch a lot of italian football and he seemed to to just be playing for inter every single time um 75 caps for romania as well and yeah just a very neat tidy good footballer who i liked a lot who gets nowhere near this side so Hullet and Sadoff are great shouts. Zanetti is a great shout. Over to you three, because I haven't got a preference. Hullet, I think it has to be Hullet. It comes down to positions, doesn't it? What are we doing? What's the system? <sighs> well, this is why it has to be know. Hullet. It doesn't matter what you do if it's Hullet. He fits into to anything. When he went to Chelsea, famously, they didn't have a clue what he was trying to do, and he ended up just having to play as a conventional central midfielder. He he would play two positions for the price of one. All it. He was the he was the I, Lewis O'Brien of his day, Dave. I've listened to your arguments. <laughs> I've listened to them all. But Zanetti, lads, Zanetti. You just you. I I know exactly what you're saying, but again, what a man! What a footballer! What hair! Are we just ruling all that out? <laughs> I think that's a terrible shout, but it's you're the yeah, host. He's definitely got Rude Hullet beaten for hair, Dave. <laughs> right, so if we're definitely not going for Sadoff, okay, let's put this to the vote then, and I won't vote because there has to be a winner. Vote for Zanetti. <laughs> Ryan, are you not even voting for <laughs> Oh, I am, sorry. I, I assumed that was a given. Right then, so that's that's definitely Hullet through oh, then, if dear. you two are both going to vote Quite for right. it. Go on, dear, oh dear. I tell I tell you what, I don't agree with that. Democracy is a farce. It's awful. I, Ryan, <laughs> I'm with you. I'd have Zanetti in there all day, every day. Right, let's talk about the big boys then. Let's talk about attacking players. Ryan, after that horrific miscarriage of justice, let's go to you, my little king. Okay, Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, uh, okay. So players from the uh, players from the kind of former Yugoslav Republic um, or the countries that kind of stemmed out of the uh, Yugoslavia um, discombobulating um, always have a certain mystique with me. Uh, just have, I think it's probably because the surnames end in Vich, um, potentially. Um, you know, uh, which is just exciting to a little Irish boy as he grows up. Um, but my pick for uh, the fourth player in this team is Dejan Stankovic, um, who is not uh, not. Uh, I mean, he's not going to get in. I thought Zanetti was a lot. This is an absolute shambles. Um, but Dejan Stankovic is just was such a all round midfielder um, and just fun and modern and yeah. Talented, but 
probably because he was from Serbia, just the kind of player that I also worried would get a red card at any second if if somebody just gave him a little bit of a niggle, um, a little bit of needle, he'd uh, lash it. Well, you know, that yes, potentially. <laughs> Grew up in Ireland, very uh, kind of you know sheltered living. Um, but yeah, just sorry, right? But played everywhere because he was so uh, technically capable. Um, that's all right. Uh, lovely range of passing, and, and most famous for that long range lob um, of Manuel Neuer. So yes, yeah, like his passing was dreamy. Oh, so right? just on a fifty pence piece, absolutely dreamy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it's a good shout. That it's a good shout. I have a feeling he's he's going to get done by the caliber of players he's up against. But yeah, I oh, the, huge place in my heart for Stankers. I think he's going to get by, done by the Milan Mafia over here voting all the red and black in. <laughs> yeah, I, Ryan, I'm with you. I would have had Zanetti in there all day. I'm I, I, silently. I'm fuming. I'm fuming. I feel uh, like you're being racist chicken. again, talking about the Milan Mafia. To be honest, Ryan. But there we go. Um, chicken. Yeah, I'm going to go with the man that the stadium in Milan is named after, Stan Siro. No, Giuseppe Miata. Uh And up yours, Ryan, because he is. More famous for playing for Inter than he than he is for playing for Milan. Although he did play for both, uh, strangely went to Inter, then Milan, and then later came back to Inter. Uh, Two hundred eighty three goals in four hundred eight appearances for Inter, which is decent. Uh, he's he's there still their top scorer of all time. Uh, he's still Italy's second highest ever top goal scorer. Gianni Pereira, the great Italian journalist, considered. Miasa to be the best player ever. There are people that say he wee weed all over Pele for uh, for silk and, and, and ability. Um, he'd scored 100 Serie A goals by the time he was 23. Now, bear in mind, Serie A didn't even exist for the first two years that he was playing. So he was an uh, incredible player by all accounts. Started as a striker, sort of dropped back to, to inside left. And then as his career went on, he dropped even further into midfield, which is why I've got him here rather than at the, the sort of the main centre forward role. But yeah, I mean it's it's not even close when you look at the the all time inter goal scorers. He's miles ahead of everyone else. Chris, it's one of me, Boban. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I've spoken to you about Boban before, Chris, on the excellent everybody podcast here has spoken to me about Boban. <laughs> Chris, I'm giving you a three minute limit. Oh, I can't do the same three minutes again. Um, Boban, Milan legend, Croatian uh, icon, the perfect blend of craft and devilry and just everything I want in a midfielder. He was able to play like nobody's business, but he had fire in him like you wouldn't believe. Um, and that goes all the way back to um, to politics in a previous life as well. So um, he's become a football a European level football suit uh, more recently but Boban the player was as likely to kick you up in the air as he was to pick a killer through ball and the performance in the 94 Champions League final puts him in this team easily we'll see because (laughs) I'm going for the first of my two strikers and little player called Ronaldo and I'm talking original Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo, who I I I think in terms of being a pure centre forward, I don't think I've ever seen a better one. There was things he couldn't do, but the things he could do, 
he, he was just exceptional at. Injuries absolutely ravaged him. We know that, but I was I was watching the George Best documentary again last night, and there's quite a poignant moment on it where he's talking about where he goes on his like seventeen club tour of the world, where he plays about five five games for each before they have to get rid of him because he's pissed somewhere. And it, like one of the journalists says, the heartbreaking thing is you still saw the flashes. Even after his horrific injuries, Ronaldo kept coming back and getting somewhere near utter brilliance again, which is is phenomenal when you actually look at the injuries. When you look at the stuff that went undiagnosed until his career had basically finished, which is you know his his lifelong struggles with weight, etc. Um, and he was just he was just a kid with like absolute lightning in his boots. The thing that controversially I think I'm probably going to rule him out for this team is that I I think he did a lot of his a lot of excellent work in Italy for Milan's with an S but I reckon at some point we're probably going to do a Barcelona fives and I I think he was just devastating there and he's probably going to have to get into that one but to not talk about him in terms of the Milan five-a-side team would be absolutely criminal but the thing about Ronaldo is there's been at this point there's been thousands of words written about him there's not much you can sort of add to the discourse about Ronaldo but when you go back and actually go down the YouTube mine and just watch some of his goals he, he, he was phenomenal he was even better than you thought he was he really was, and it's just, it's just another sort of what if really that is is you know he he didn't get he, I don't know what, honest opinion. What do you think? You three think? Do you think he we ever actually saw his peak, or do you think that was taken from us? It's a terrifying thought that we didn't. Yeah, because mm. what we saw was incredible. Mm. And but you know again I'm genuinely not sure we saw his very best because of the injuries. But right, here's how we're going to do this one. I'm going to rule out Ronaldo, <laughs> which is crazy. But I'm going to rule him out because I think he will get. Pit. We talked. Did we did a Brazil fives, didn't we? Yeah. And was he in there? I'm sure he must have been. Yeah. I I have a feeling it would have been Ronaldo and Pele up front, wouldn't it? I would have thought decent man, and I think I think we four up front. Gonna, to be honest, Dave, <laughs> and he's going to be up front for the Barcelona fives when we do that as well. So I'm ruling him out here. Stankovic is brilliant. Miazza was utterly brilliant. Boban was utterly brilliant. But I think it's got to be Boban, hasn't it, lads? It's all right. Do you not think this team needs a a bit of a bit of an arsehole? And I think he's probably, I think he's probably the best man for the job, isn't he? Are we, are we happy with Boban going in? Fine, yeah, no strong yeah. argument. <laughs> right uh, now we come to the last one, which is you three talk about your choices, and then we pick mine. <laughs> uh, Chris, you go first this time. Um, well, with a an honourable mention to a. a, a French striker who I haven't picked. Uh, I've taken another one for the team and acknowledged the fact that football existed before we were born. Um, so I'm I'm putting in um, Gianni Rivera into my team here, uh, taking a bit of a liberty on position, but 
Boban was never coming off off my list. Never saw him play, but the the data um, is important here. More than five hundred league games for Milan. More than one hundred and twenty league goals. Almost twenty years in that team. Three titles, two European Cups, two Cup Winners Cups, nineteen sixty eight Euros winner, uh, World Cup runner up in in nineteen seventy as well. Um, and I think he's he's widely regarded as one of the greatest players Italy's ever produced. Not for his goal scoring as much as for his his, his midfield play and his passing play, but he was joint top scorer one year as well, and he won a Ballon d'Or. And he's on Pele's list, obviously. Um, and it's, it's a shame that he's now a politician. But he's one of those players who, you know, that name rings through Italian football even now. Mm. Yeah, it's a good shout. It's a good shout. Ryan. Yeah, I, similarly to Chris, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Alessandro Altabelli, uh, who was a, a striker who played football before. I knew football existed. Uh, and then I changed my mind and wanted to talk about Adriano because um, he the be- the best of Adriano was at Inter. Um, I think that's the thing that I, I loved most about him is that he played, uh, he had the most complicated transfer history. Um, so he jo- like he, when he joined Inter from Flamingo, um, he was part of like a co-ownership. Flamingo, Flamingo, yeah, um, yeah, Flamingo is a bird. Sorry, Flamingo. Um, he was part of the most complicated co-ownership uh, deal that like sent Van Pette in one direction to PSG and then to Brazil, and he came in another direction. And, and even then, he was loaned out a couple of times for half of his rights. And Fabio Cannavaro got was involved in and in half of his anyway. Just co- it gets complicated, uh, but Adriano was great, um, and more than I think, just his left foot and that uh, kind of incredible power that he was able to generate. Just a really good, well-rounded striker um, could look after himself physically, but was just technically so very good, um, and kind of got carried away. Um, I think off the pitch, which is what kind of which. Definitely hurt him for Brazil as Dunga was the the coach during his kind of peak, the peak of his powers, and and was uh, more of a disciplinarian than um, I think Adriana needed. But yeah, just a, a phenomenal player, um, a great striker, scorer of great goals. Perhaps not a, a great goal scorer, but yeah, very good, uh, very very good. Yeah, what game was he an absolute beast on? Was it one of the Pro Evo? Uh, like Pro Evo six. Yeah, two thousand and six. Um, you just kind of signed him up and could score from that. He was unplayable, wasn't yeah. he? Basically, every shot yeah. flew in. But I think he yeah. he had his he had his troubles and he, he struggled with the death of his dad. Um, is kind of linked back to a lot of of his troubles and especially in Europe and why he went back to Sao Paulo for a year. But um, yeah, I really yeah I really really like him. Chicken. Yeah, I, if you hadn't said it, I would have said talking about Christian Kiva and Adriano has really made me want to go and play Provo 6 now. So thanks for that, everyone. Um, I've got Bobo for my striker, Christian Vieri. Uh, another one, the, the well, he's, he's going to be the final player on my list anyway. The fourth and final player that played for both teams, but obviously his best years were at Inter. Inter were actually his ninth club in nine years at the start of his career. Uh journeyman striker Christian Vieri uh, but his his longest sort of spell was at, was at Inter and one thing you got with Christian Vieri was guaranteed goals 123 goals in 190 appearances um, and, and one season 2002-2003 got 24 in 23 
now, obviously, the fact he only played 23 kind of indicates the issue that Inter had with that strike force because he was signed to play alongside Ronaldo and the pair of them, I think, probably had one and a half functioning legs between them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Vieri is ninth, nonetheless, on Inter's all-time top scorers list despite struggling to, to get time on the pitch. He was a world record fee when he joined and he was just an absolute beast. He was He could do everything. He was, you know, tall, powerful, brilliant left foot, scored classy goals as well as Thunder Bastards and Big Taron Headers. Um, just sort of the, the archetypal number nine. When he headed a ball, it stayed <laughs> headed. <laughs> Scarily handsome, yeah. Christian Vieira. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen him doing punditry now? Because, oh, delicious in a suit. <laughs> Absolutely delicious. I, I've got um, a very good looking lineup, I think it's fair to say. And now the player who we are going to pick when this comes to it. Um, you've given me another chance to talk about Marco Van Basten, who I've spoken before about my deep love of Marco Van Basten. I can't believe he doesn't get talked about in the conversation all the time. As I think the problem was, I think people think that the injury completely destroyed his career, forgetting what he'd done up until that point. Um and, you know, ultimately, he played more games for Milan than he did for Ajax. And he was, he was phenomenal. I, I've never seen, genuinely, I've never watched a striker with who, who could just do anything. He could score all types of goals. He had, it was like, to be honest with you, it was like combining loads of different players. He was like a, he was like a football manager regen before <laughs> football manager regens were a thing. And, when he was at Milan and he was in that all-conquering side, he was absolutely in his element. And Dan Story, who is a friend of ours, we are obliged <laughs> to say, uh, has talked and written before about how that period of Serie A was... It was probably, in terms of like an extended period for any league, it was probably the most difficult league in the world for the longest any league in the world was the most difficult in the world, if you get what I mean. And scoring goals against most sides was just incredibly difficult because of the way literally every team played. And Van Basten was picking pockets left, right and centre. And he was just an incredible footballer. And I wish I wish he hadn't got injured when he had because if we had seen his career through to a normal conclusion in retirement, I genuinely think he would be in the conversations for everyone for one of the top five players of all time. I genuinely think he was that good. And if you get a chance to go back and watch his goals, you'll see exactly what I mean, which is, you know, he gets the tap-ins, but he also gets all kinds of spectacular goals, he gets the headers, he's just brilliant. And uh, I think it's footballitalia.web have got a load of full games of, they've got like a library of thousands upon thousands of full 90 minutes. And occasionally I will go back and pick a, pick a Van Basten performance just to watch and enjoy. And yeah, he was just phenomenal. So let's vote on the last position then. <laughs> Vieri, <laughs> Rivera, or Adriano, or Marco Van Basten. Van Basten in it. It has to be. And the what you were saying about Hullet as well, Chris. Do you see Van Basten in a Milan shirt or an Ajax shirt? A Milan shirt all day. I think if 
if he'd been five years later, if he'd re- even if he'd retired um, because of the effects of injury five years later, this is a very different conversation. The timing of it as well, just missing out on the boom was, was huge. Yeah, yeah. But just honestly, any time you give me the opportunity to talk about Marco Van Basten, you better believe I will take it. So, oh, yeah. Milan fives then, lads. This is a Zenger travesty. This is a travesty. <laughs> Beresian defence. Franco. The controversial selection of Rude Hullet. Ryan, I am with you. I am with you. As host, I feel like I've lost control. Uh, Boban and, of course, Marco Van Basten. <laughs> Decent side, but genuinely looking at that, I honestly think it... I, I don't know if that gets beaten by one or two of the other sides we've picked, but, you know, lads... I don't, know, that but, I don't know. I don't know. I I honestly don't know if Boban and Hullet are up again. I mean, do you remember I that Argentina fives we picked? Didn't that Argentina fives? Didn't we have Batistuta and Messi and Maradona in the team? Yeah, yeah, probably with Zanetti yeah. carrying the water at the back. Yeah. If only so, we picked Klinsmann in goal. <laughs> missed opportunity. Good at diving. Uh, right then, lads, you can find us in all the usual places. We are on Twitter somewhere. Just look for us. We're all on Twitter individually. Follow us if you can, but please don't bother any of us. We're very busy. Uh, stay don't safe. Bother me. Stay inside. Say goodbye, lads. Goodbye, lads. Bye. And we will, next time we speak to you, I think we've probably got a quiz coming, haven't we? Ooh, my first quiz. I'm I'm quite overwhelmed by the idea of getting my arse handed to me by uh, by you three lads plus Daniel Story, uh, and also losing the quiz team. So, Felipe <laughs> <laughs> Albert.